0: Please do turn with me tonight to our second scripture reading, the first letter of John, 1 John and chapter 1, where we read these sublime words 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. What joyful words! The great problem of the world has already been solved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Already his blood has been shed. We don't have to look to the future. We don't have to see through prophecy. We can read these words. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Well, I want to mention just one small word, just two letters. It's very much one of the themes of 1 John. 1 John gives us a great deal of certainty for the believer. It says again and again, we know, we know. You can follow that little word through. But there's another little word. It's used 20 times by the Apostle here in this little letter. Look at it here in verse 6. Did you see it? If, if, verse 7, if, verse 8, if, verse 9, verse 10, if. It's one of those statements. If it's dry tomorrow, while well, I plan to go to the park. If. It's a condition. If. Then. And so that seems to be the formula which is used in this letter. And I want you to notice here, five verses in a row. Verses 6 down to verse 10. It mentions this little word, if. Sometimes the word then is covered, but it's always implied if, if. Do you know there's a problem? Verse 6, verse 8, verse 10, it says that we might be deceived. It's my duty tonight to make sure that nobody goes home deceived by their own heart. Deceived. What a terrible position to be in. You think something is true, but it's not. You think you're a Christian, but you're not. There is no evidence in your life, no fruit, none of the marks, none of the signs that you are A Christian, look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, we're in conversational terms, we have a relationship, we speak to our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, but the whole of our life could be described by darkness Then we lie. We say, I'm a Christian. But we're walking in darkness. Our life isn't flooded by light. No, we're lying to ourselves and maybe deceiving ourselves and deceiving others. We say that we're right with God and we're in fellowship with him but we carry on walking in sin and in darkness away from God. We're not really in fellowship with Him. That's the first deception. Let's look at verse eight, just by way of introduction. If, verse eight, if we say that we have no sin, we claim that we're not like one of those sinners like Hitler or Stalin or a mass murderer if we say we have no sin we're deceiving ourselves because all of us are sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God and we've broken his commands every single one of them every single day of the week if we say we have no sin Then we're deceiving ourselves. We're pretending. And the truth is not in us. We're not taking in God's word, which is truth. Thy word is truth. The truth is not in us. We're living a lie. Well, do you know many people say that today? Sin? What's that? That's just a Victorian idea. We've got beyond that now. Oh, no, no, no. The Word of God is abundantly clear. I can't begin to explain the way the world is unless I have a concept of sin. I see a life. I see my own life. How can I explain that the good that I would do, I don't do? the bad things that I do I don't want to do them but the Bible explains it it says that I'm a sinner verse 10 here's the third deception if we say that we have not sinned it makes it even bigger we make God a liar God says you've sinned you've broken my laws You've lived a life which is crooked. You've lived a life away from me. You're in rebellion. And if you don't accept that truth, you're making God who cannot lie a liar. And his word of truth, it's not in our mind, it's not in our heart, it's not in our life. Three deceptions. If, if, if. Then, do you see how logical the reasoning is? It's not surprising because the chapter starts, as I tried to emphasize, it starts with a very compelling set of reasons. These things we've heard right from the beginning of time. These things we've seen. These things we've handled. This isn't make-believe. People think sometimes the Bible is fairy tales, Hans Christian Andersen, once upon a time. No, these things we've heard, we've seen, and the apostles, the disciples, they'd touched, they'd witnessed, they'd handled of the word of life. Note, notice the capital in verse 1 the word, this is Christ, the word of life. The Lord Jesus was a real man. He walked upon the earth. He did so many miracles, all the books of the world couldn't possibly contain them. He healed so many people. That's not make believe. He fulfilled all the prophecies. That's not make believe. He died upon a cross. That's not make believe. Know these things we've seen, we've heard we've witnessed, we know them to be true. Those of us who have acknowledged that we're sinners, those of us who are not running from the truth, we've seen Christ change our life. We've seen a power given to us so that we don't need to sin as much as we used to. We don't have to lie and steal and cheat, but we're given that indwelling power of the Holy Spirit into the life to make us new, new creatures. Three disastrous deceptions. Somebody that thinks they're a Christian and they're not. Somebody that says they're not a sinner and they are. somebody that makes God's truth to be a lie, which it cannot be. So I want to tell you briefly tonight five simple things. I don't want to lose anybody. Five things. Let me give you them at the beginning. The message of God heard by us. Secondly, our sin revealed within us. And thirdly, His blood shed for us. Fourthly, the cleansing given by Christ to us. And then fifthly, the evidence shown that we are a child of God, a Christian. Somebody that's been born again. A message, our sin, His blood, cleansing, and the evidence. Let's look at the first heading. The message of God heard by us. That's what it says in verse 5. After the introductory remarks, it says these things are true. If I was to summarize the first four verses, these things have been written because they are true and they've been written so that your joy may be full. We're short on joy, aren't we, today? This is a world of sorrow and sadness and sin. Do you know, as a pastor, most of what I hear is sad. It's sorrowful. Broken lives. Trouble in the family. Difficulties in marriage. A child that's gone away from what they knew to be true. And yet these things have been written, verse 4, that our joy should be full. Oh, that's good news. And here's the message. Here's how the joy should be full. This then is the message which we've heard of him. That's a third time he says it. It's not made up. It's been heard. The voice that came from heaven, Jesus Christ. And here is this message. Three words. God is light. Do you know that's quite a surprising message? Usually when people speak about Christianity today and you hear these various courses that are done in churches and you hear people preach and speak, do you know the message usually starts with me? Wouldn't it be good if you had a friend Wouldn't it be better if you didn't feel lonely and sad? Wouldn't life be better if you had this and this and this? But you know, that's not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible starts with God and it ends with God. The first chapter and the first verse in the beginning, God. that's the place to start just for a minute forget your life let's start with God that's where we start well it's interesting isn't it what was made first the Sun the moon the stars no that was day four of creation it's very deliberate the account of creation starts with God and the first thing that he made was light because that's God's nature God is the God that shines light light into my life light into your life light into the world and he does it without the Sun the moon and the stars is that right that's what my Bible says let me give you another explanation for why this is right. If you go to the book of Revelation, you find there a verse, you might like to turn to it, Revelation 21 and 23. This is a picture, a vision of heaven, and it says, heaven is like a city. Let me read the verse. Revelation 21, verse 23. The city is city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. Oh, that's interesting. Just like the world when it was made. Day one, day two, day three. No sun, no moon, no stars. But those days were full of light. And The picture of heaven is that heaven will be gloriously bright. Where will the light come from? It will come from God, who is light. God will illuminate heaven. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. And then look what it says. The Lamb is its light. God is light. And the Lamb that's Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is light so the bookends of the Bible tell us that earth and heaven has light and that light comes from God and throughout the Bible we read of light coming the Lord Jesus Christ says I am the light of the world And then a lovely verse in Psalm 119, that longest chapter of the Bible, all about God's word. And it says in verse 130, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Light, 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 light from God, God who is light. That's the message of the Bible. Isn't that glorious? We don't have to sit in darkness. We don't have to sit in the dungeon, in the prison. We can have the light of God through Jesus Christ, through his word. That's the message. This then is the message which we've heard of him, and we declare to you, we preach it, we teach it, we show it, we point it, God is light and in him is no darkness at all this is a glorious message in the darkest hour of the night the light shines the brightest Churchill said the darkest hour we live in a dark time today morally spiritually what we need more than anything else is not a new government we need the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to shine into our life so that's our first point well what does this light show well it reveals something that's not very pleasant verse 6 the light in verse 5 The light shines, it's the truth, says that at the end of verse 6, But there's a problem. Men and women don't want to hear. They're in denial. They're deceiving themselves. They're living a life without God's light because they've shut it out. John chapter 1, not John 1 or 1 John, but the first chapter of John's gospel says that the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world. He came unto his own, and the darkness comprehended it not, and he came to his own people, and they wanted nothing to do with him. It's the same today, isn't it? People love the darkness more than the light because the light shows up our sin, it shows up that we have broken God's laws. We would rather live the lie and the deception of verse 6 than we would have the truth to shine into our life. The truth says you've broken God's laws and the truth says that that breaking of God's laws leaves a stain a stain in our life that no detergent can get rid of we can't wash it away ourselves therapy that won't help counseling that won't help medication that won't help those things might help with some things in life but the stain is a moral stain the only one that can remove that moral stain is the one that we've sinned against and he sent his son Jesus Christ we've broken God's laws that leads to guilt that's the great problem of the age that we live in guilt people feel so guilty I remember speaking to a relative once. They'd had a dark passage of their life. Things had gone on that shouldn't have gone on. And the relative told something of what had happened to me in private. And then afterwards they said, that feels better now. That guilt had been carried but you know the guilt is only really removed not by telling a preacher or a pastor a friend but by telling Christ i've sinned against heaven i've sinned against you i've broken your laws and i'm carrying the guilt with me do you feel guilty tonight do you have a guilty secret something that very few or nobody else knows Some people have raped, murdered, stolen, deceived, lived a double and triple life. And the reason they are so uncomfortable is because they carry that guilt with them. You see, breaking God's laws has consequences. It's not just the deed and the thought. It's the stain, and it's the guilt that we then accumulate and carry with us through life. What is guilt? It's knowing I've done wrong. And it's that feeling of discomfort, feeling awful about it, feeling uncomfortable with the person I've sinned against, a husband or wife. Who's committed adultery and every time they see that person they know they've done wrong that's the guilt and they feel so uncomfortable but you know we have a temptation to classify sin we try and put it in categories don't we there's bad there's okay is it's almost acceptable. But you know, sin is sin. Sin is the breaking of God's laws. It's stepping over the line. God has drawn the line. You're either on one side or you're on the other. That's what this light does. This light shows us that we are sinners. We can deny it. We can pretend that God is a liar, but you're just pretending. You can pretend that you're better than others, but nobody honestly can say tonight that you are sinless, perfect, because we've all sinned. Our third heading Here's the glorious words. Verse 7, if we walk in the light the light of the gospel, the light of God's truth, the light that we are sinners, we can have fellowship one with the other. That's a sign, we'll come back to that. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The word blood here is "hema," as in haemoglobin, as in hemorrhage. A blood shedding. The Bible says a lot about blood. When you went to the Old Testament temple, there was blood everywhere. On the day of the dedication of Solomon's temple, 140,000 animals were shed. Blood, blood running through the streets the smell of blood, the sight of blood. But it didn't take away one sin. It was just a signpost pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ who would come. Blood, when you have a lot of it, speaks of death. Blood speaks of sacrifice. It speaks of a life given. It speaks of a life given for many. And you know, there's only one life that's able to take away sin. Sometimes in the Bible, it speaks about the righteous blood of Christ, Jesus Christ. Not just any blood. My blood, your blood wouldn't do anything the sin of anybody else but the Lord Jesus Christ kept the laws of God to every letter to the final second of his glorious life and his blood was therefore righteous blood and therefore it has power it has virtue there is a song, a hymn, it's not one that we sing. There is power in the blood, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood has efficacy. It has power to take away every sin. Read the verse again. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from, another little word, all Sin, Not the half, but the whole. Oh, praise God. Every single sin that I've ever done, that I ever will do, has been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's come to our fourth heading quickly tonight. It's the word cathartic. In the Greek it means cleansing catharsis cleansing it means to purify to cleanse to wash very often the word is used in the context of leprosy if somebody was a leper they were contagious if somebody was a leper they were deformed they were unclean the only thing that could wash them was a catharsis Of their whole body to take away the potential for their whole life to be ruined rapidly disfigured the impact of sin upon that life and upon others lives here's a verse of a hymn do you recognize it Oh perfect redemption the purchase of blood To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender, who truly believes that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. Perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. But you need to believe. The blood of Christ does nothing for you if you don't believe upon it if you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ and turn from your sin, but the moment, the very moment, you turn from your sin and trust the one who shed his blood, Jesus Christ, the one who cleanses from all sin. Do you know there is no sin too vile? There's no quantity of sin too great. There's nowhere where his blood doesn't reach. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Let's close tonight with our fifth heading, the evidence. Is there somebody here tonight? You say, but I don't know. Has his blood cleansed me? Am I still living in deceit and deception and making God a liar? And I say that I've got fellowship with God, but I'm lying. I'm deceived. Well, what's the evidence? Oh, there's so much of it here. Verse 7. Are you walking in the light? Have you turned away from darkness? And do you desire to walk the rest of your life in god's light in his ways the things that he loves is that the way you want to live your life if you can say that honestly then you're a believer in christ do you desire to walk with him talk with him pray to him You can't go a day without praying to him. Then you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another sign here in verse 7. Do you want to be with God's people? You'd rather be here tonight with God's people than you would be anywhere else. Hearing God's word fellowshipping one with another. That's your desire. Once you could come and go, but now you must be in the house of God, then you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. What about your guilt? Do you still feel guilty? Or do you have peace in your heart? You know that Christ has taken your guilt he's carried it away once you felt guilty but now you feel a sense of peace no longer feeling the guilt that you used to have Do you know when Saul of Tarsus had been taken to a house on that street called straight street where his life was going to be straightened out And there was a sign given to ananias how would he know this was the right man oh this is what he was told behold he prays you'll see this man on his knees praying is there somebody in your house they didn't used to pray But now the family members see them praying. They have to pray. They want to pray. They want to be right with God every day. Is that you? Well, on the account of these evidences, the fruits, you've been saved. You've been converted to Christ. You are walking in the light. Your joy has been made fill, full. Your guilt has been taken away. If that's true, tell somebody. Fellowship with others. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all sin. And your joy is full. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, We thank Thee for this true and certain word. We don't need to have any illusion. This has been seen and heard and touched. We're thankful for the way in which God's light shows us our sin and reveals to us the only one that can take our sin away. We can be washed in that blood of the lord jesus christ all sin can be taken away if we believe in jesus christ if we put our faith in him turning from sin grant that this would be so this very night and that our joy would be full we pray in jesus name amen